Jason. Yeah. Did you watch the episode? Yeah. Like 20 minutes what ago. What you think? No, I watched it like... Well, okay, yeah. Can you guys tell me if I should have liked this or not? Because I know no. what they were going for. But <laughs> No, we can't tell you that. I, I like... This is... Now, if I were Hey Mickey, I would be telling you exactly what your opinion should be. <laughs> but, but you are Hey Mickey. But I... Yeah, bitch, but, tell me. But, <laughs> but I don't Scott. know how he feels about this episode. <laughs> He's impossible to guess. He loves shit, and he thinks great stuff is shitty. I don't know. Well, that's not entirely true, because he does uh, correctly dislike the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. Oh, fuck both of y'all. Seriously. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's completely outlived its usefulness, and is basically creatively bankrupt at this point. How so? It's got... 60 years of comics to draw from to do stories and characters. Which have with. also been creatively bankrupt for at least 50 years. Well, he does kind of... Hey, not yeah. everybody can be the can be enjoying the shiny beacon of individuality and creativity that is Sentai. At least Sentai doesn't make any, like, aspirations that it's more than what it is. Sense? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nor sense, no. <laughs> yeah, you know those uppity comic books? <laughs> See, Sentai, Sentai knows better. It's learned at this point that it can't be anything other than what it is, because when it is, nobody likes it anymore. Which is why we only had one year of GoBusters. Mm. And only one year of Tokyo. And only one year of Akiba Ranger. Well, there were two seasons of Akiba Ranger, No, there right? weren't. Only one year of Akiba Ranger. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Not touching that one with a stick. Whoa. Run away. Back away slowly. <clears throat> oh, sorry, this Roman Coke is strong. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek. Alienate even more listeners. And boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Mickey, check your anal privilege. Hey, Mickey. That's weird, but I'm on board. Scott. Yeah, I mean, there's no better place to do coke, I'm sure. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And Fort Max. I don't want to turn into Paladin. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with this fucking episode. I mean, seriously. I mean, at the beginning, I. I but does it make any difference? <laughs> well, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> we should start with this is that one episode of Star Trek. I'm XV, and I'm doing a formal introduction this week because we do not have Hey Mickey. Uh, so we have a little bit of a change up in the cast this week. So first off, I have promoted Scott to Hey Mickey for this week. Hello, Mickey. I hate. I hate everything. Good, good. Um, so our acting Scott this week will be Jason Kirk. Aye, fire phasers. Aye, aye. I swear to God, if you make Damn it, Paladin. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, Fort Max, because I have something special planned for your uh, intro quote this week that directly relates oh. to that. And yes, as usual, Fort Max is in engineering. Aye. And if it's the best of both worlds part two, Fort Max is actually just inserted with uh, second unit filming and otherwise is portrayed by a photo double. 
True story. Kind of like kind of like how the Olsen twins work. Yeah. There are no Olsen twins. There's just the one. Just the one that moves very fast back and forth. <laughs> it's it's all camera fly. tricks. <laughs> Mirrors, you know. Yeah. Split screens. It's amazing what you could do with uh, video tricks in the 90s. Yeah, and they're really not even that skinny. It's just a cardboard cutout. No, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, they, they just squish the image in. <laughs> no. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed their aspect ratio a little bit. Yeah, well, see, but the, but when they do that, the black borers are underneath their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> <sighs> yes, well, um, so we're going to skip talking about the Orville this week, although it was a pretty good episode. It One of the best, Sorry. I think, actually, so far. Yes, Acting Scott, this is your fault. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. Fuck you, Go behind. Scott. Go behind. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love Discovery, though. Nobody cares what your opinions are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, you're you're filling the filling the role great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Discovery is still on hiatus until just after the podcast ends. In what three more episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. And something else: chocolate and peanut butter are disgusting together. Okay, that's too far. <laughs> I think you may be overplaying your part. Oh, okay. I I think you may have started playing Ben. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> I have to buy a new car because I crushed mine with my hand. <laughs> I turned the wheel too hard and I broke it. Happened <laughs> on driving circles. That that that's fairly credible, actually. <laughs> I have to admit, that's, uh, I would believe that if Mickey actually told that story. Yeah, well. (laughs) But there's, I mean, in terms of stories of his home life, there's not really much I wouldn't believe if he told the story, just, like, from what I've seen firsthand and years and years of experience with this stuff. Yeah, that's one of the things is there's been times in my relationship with him when he's he's said certain things, and I've always had to kind of, like, take that breath of... Wait, no, you're serious. He's like, yeah, well, yeah of course I am. And you're like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, stop and think about it for a minute. So, like, in the time I've known him, um, one day they turned the washing machine on and the TV exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually there for that one myself. I, I saw that happen. Um, well, that's just, that's normal. That, that, that happened. <laughs> uh, another time the awning fell off of the house. And, oh, you know, it's not totally. like one of those, uh, you know, frame and fabric deals. It's like a, you know, solid constructed piece. It looks like part of the house. It just fell off. But uh, it just been nailed on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was the black yeah, mold incident. Use staples. I think. <laughs> and then, of course, there was a time that the air conditioner leaked and ruined Vigo. Vigo got ruined? Vigo got ruined. No! However, they did find a replacement. Oh. Yes, a uh, a five-foot vinyl print of uh, Leggett DeMar. Oh, yeah. Signed by Casey Biggs. <laughs> which we found in a flea market in Georgia for $50. You can't, uh... make, you can't make this shit up, man. I'm telling you. And we're not even getting into, like, his actual personal life. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Are we legally allowed to do that? Well... Uh, yes. 
like like so ma- like so many things, our obligations are uh, reduced when the person in question is not actually here. That's true. Because it's not like anybody's going to listen to this podcast, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Well, I mean, my theory is if he's not here to object to the things that we talk about on the show, it's fine to talk about them. He, he should have been here to stop us. Mm-hmm. He should have been here to, like, rasp at us with his, you know, ruined voice. Yeah. No! <laughs> From hell's heart. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake. <laughs> Which Don't now worry, they are sounding like Darth Vader without his mask on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and looking like him, too. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, well. Okay, but is this with the big grocery eyebrows or without? Oh, with them. Oh, without. I mean, yeah, absolutely with them. With them. Well, which is it? You kind of gone both ways there. Well, <laughs> I am playing the part of Hey Mickey, so. That was the setup. Thank you. Yeah, I know. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for it, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have promoted hey, uh, Fort Max to Hey Mickey and you to Fort Max. That would have been fine because I could just stay back and like say three jokes the entire episode and they'll all be funny. Yes, and I would have would to you... throw uh, Jason under the bus to do the summary. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jason, this is a TV show back in the 60s called Star Trek. Oh, I was I watched Star Wars. Shoot, um, yeah, season okay. two, episode seventeen of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, they're the exact same thing, right? No differences. Yeah, yeah I love that okay. time that Star Wars visited nineteen uh, thirties New York or Chicago or whatever this is supposed to be. Hey, give Disney time. Eventually, one of these movies is going to do that since they're going to do a hundred a day. God damn. <sighs> Oh, well, I mean, the bright side hey, of that is that the economy will be ruined and most of us will be dead long before they ever get to that point. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go back to being like rich people in castles watching a, a stage play with puppets. That's what's going to be in about <laughs> 20 or 30 years. <laughs> I think you're overreaching the timeline there. Uh, <laughs> substitute, hey, Mickey. Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm a raging optimist. <laughs> uh Almost flamboyantly, so. That's me. I'm a pretty princess. <laughs> Damn it, why do you have to say these things? There's only three episodes left and I can't use any more new intro quotes. <laughs> son of a bitch. Because you need to have a best of where it's just everybody's intro quotes back to back to back to back. It'd be 45 minutes of hilarity. Yes. Yeah, or you could just run min- the intro repeatedly on like the last episode. Just be like, Scott, intro quote. Scott, intro All right. quote. I'll have to see if I can go ahead I'll have to see if I can loop that uh, Voyager intro instrumental I have to make it longer to fit more Scott in (laughs) right maybe Uh, throw a few unused JDs in there yeah (laughs) I'm still waiting for the uh, for him to splice my my words together to say OXV, you're quite good at turning me on. The thing is, you've said that. That's the third or fourth <laughs> time now you've actually just many, said that. How many times have you said that now? Four? Yeah. Five? <laughs> but it doesn't work. You have to splice it all together, though. That's an example. I'm not actually doing well, it okay, for real. You, okay, you've done that several okay, times. Okay, so we'll just splice it same... together from all the different yeah. times you've said it. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'll that be counts. the easiest splice ever. <laughs> I'm just trying to make your job easier, man. Come on. Well, don't do that. I'm a helper. What, what kind of hey Mickey are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good one. 
Oh boy. Look, I look, I am sitting here in front of the computer, in my computer chair, without a dildo in my ass, trying to do a podcast. I am the worst Hey Mickey ever. Okay, but are you leaning back away from the computer as you do so? Because <laughs> if you're sitting upright where you can actually access the computer, you're doing this entirely wrong. Right, no, that's right. Yeah, I don't have my drink set on my stomach like Homer with a beer. <laughs> also, you haven't cycloned once, you, or cyloned once, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's true. God, I don't have any kind of synthesizers on here. There's nothing I can do. Unfortunately, that seems to have gone, you know, well into our past at this point. I don't think Mickey's cyloned in over a year. Probably. Yeah, Skype, Skype decided to introduce a whole other set of issues for us to have every mm-hmm. time we record something. No joke. <sighs> All right. It's, it's we, a lot better than it was in the old days. Yeah. 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 Until, I, mean, I remember when we would have cows multiple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for all of them. I mean, I'm just glad you had it where it was. I would have to run a tin can and a piece of string all the way to California for me when I joined. I'm glad you guys got that sorted out before we got started. I don't think we would have gone to that level of effort for you, Scott. <laughs> we don't love you that much. Oh, I know. Okay, just making sure. I don't want you to have uh, any illusions about you know our feelings toward you. Oh, I know you don't love me because you made me watch this episode. Huh. There's worse things I could have made you watch. Oh, Armor Heroes? <laughs> We're talking Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I could make you watch uh, Chinese Power Rangers. That That is very true. Chinese Power Rangers. It's a lot more boring than it sounds. Don't uh, don't be misled. Huh. Well, I like to imagine like one of the animals is a panda, and it just doesn't do much. Um, no, one's a bull mastiff, though. One's a what? A mastiff, a dog. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, you you're actually cut out audio uh... for a second. So, yeah. Well, nobody listening to the podcast. <laughs> Nobody listening to the podcast will know that because my recording's perfectly clean. Okay, yeah. wait. So the Chinese Pirate Rangers one's a one's a mastiff. So they're doing like food items. So like one's like a plate of rice, and one's other. Oh I'm boy, trying to, I'm trying to get the theme here. Uh, well, we were trying to get the theme too, and we watched two episodes of it and couldn't figure it out. So we also couldn't find the like entertainment in it. Mm. So that was that so was they're... sort of a problem. I think they were starting to do a fight at the end of the second episode. Maybe. Was one of the characters using a hammer and sickle? <laughs> well, no, it's Chinese. It's not uh, Soviet. Still yeah. dead communism. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. There's uh, the know. dragon hero, the black rhinoceros hero, the eagle hero, the snow mastiff hero, and the earth tiger hero. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's got to be an Earth Tiger. It can't be like a, you know... Yeah, Air Tiger. Mm. Yeah, because a fucking Air Tiger would just be stupid. Because, you know, you know those Earth Tigers, you know? (laughs) They burrow underground and pop out and get you like great whites. (laughs) But where's the sewer shark? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Probably near all the baby girls? I don't know. (laughs) Oh boy, China, good old China. China, China. You're uh, kind of uh, slipping out of your character there, hey Mickey. Oh, whatever, <laughs> man. That, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Trying to like, hey Mickey. Uh, trying to be racist. Fort Max. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta <laughs> give him. A, you have to give him a break. We've already established multiple times that Scott does not understand acting. 
<laughs> yes, and. All right, so we're going to watch the new documentary of what happened in space 60s. <laughs> in the space right. 60s, in the space 30s. Yeah. Um, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, far, far away. Well, this is now a Star Wars episode. Away, it's far away in our galaxy, they said. Yeah, they did, which is really funny. Yeah. Okay, let's get this shit show started, because I, I want to get this over with. All right, so season two, episode 17, A Piece of the Action. Where, to me, this is this should have been subtitled, Kirk Goes Native. This is like <laughs> apocalypse. This is Apocalypse Now, except with Kirk. Apocalypse Now with Kirk and 30s gangster stereotypes. Exactly right. He how, goes fucking native. How could this not be enjoyable? Ah, uh, they well, found a way. Yeah, concept, fine. But it, you really get the sense, it's like, okay, guys, we have 12 props and two sets. That's it. <laughs> and like six and guys we... to fill it with. Yes. <laughs> All right, so if you need to go to a new location, there's only two locations you go to, so you might as well just go back and forth between those two the entire episode. Okay. All right. So open up. Kirk's on the bridge. Like, oh, so we're going to go see uh, this planet Iosha, something, something. Uh, so apparently the, 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 the short story is that 100 years ago, the USS Horizon or some spaceship called the Horizon came here, saw these like industrial level aliens who look like humans, talked to them, and then contaminated their society. So because they sent a distress signal through regular radio waves – uh, it took a hundred years for the distress call to get to the Federation, to which point they sent the Enterprise to go check out what the fuck happened. So it's been a hundred years since, since since anyone's been to this planet. Okay, so they sent a signal by conventional radio, yep. which would be a transmission at the speed of light, yep. and it took a hundred years to yep. get there. Now, uh -huh. if you carry the two, that would be <laughs> that this is about a hundred light years from, maybe not Earth, but a Federation outpost. That could yeah, pick up the signal and then relay ship. it on and with subspace. So that it can't correct. really be that far distant from, you know, the Federation. I think not. Yeah. Oh, I like to think that, like, it was some passing ship that picked it up, and it was, like, so redshifted. It was like, <laughs> we have a distress call. <laughs> uh, that's not how redshifting works, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, Are you sure that wasn't just a message from the Packlids? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alright, so wait, which is funny because they call down the planet and her's like, oh yeah, we're getting in contact. They have, uh, we're getting conventional radio and uh, uh, the boss, Ockmix, is uh, contacting you. And Kurt goes, <laughs> boss, how adorable. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to meet this boss. All right, Lieutenant, put him on. So he's like, meh, see? Meh! <laughs> yep. So Kirk shows, goes, hey, I'm Kirk from the Federation. He's like, yeah, yeah, so uh, you're from the uh, same outfit as the Horizon? And he's like, uh, yeah, the Horizon was lost with all, uh, all hands after leaving your planet. We received a radio report last month. And last the dude's like, month? Yeah, dude's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I left here a hundred years ago. What kind of idiots are you? And Kirk's like, that's eh, a little hard to explain. It, well, it's relativity, but you no, know, not really. But whatever. Uh, I, I do kind of like Kirk's attitude in the beginning of this because, like, he is just mm -hmm. totally acting like he's dealing with these total primitives. 
Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. keeps like under his breath, like, oh, you, you're I'll not gonna, explain you're it later. Gonna, yeah. 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 Wait until I can draw you a picture. That, then we'll. This, this <laughs> is far <laughs> too complicated to explain to you. I will just. I'll bring some books with big, pretty pictures for you. Alexander goes, Spock, bring a chalkboard. I like it. And Alex Mix goes, uh, Yeah, yeah, if you're going to come visit, uh, meet me at the uh, intersection with the yellow fire plug. And Kirk's like, Okay. That's the coordinates for an entire planet. The corner, the intersection with the yellow fire plug. Which oh, Scotty, I, yeah. Scotty finds it. Scotty is a goddamn genius. Goes, oh, I got another here, Captain. No problem. Yellow fire plug right there. It's the only one. Well, he's at. Ma- he's had uh, Google Maps up since the call started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually see it behind Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Street view. I got it. We figured it out. Uh. Uh, so the other funny thing is, like, McCoy and Spock come on the bridge and, like, oh, thank God. I just farted in that turbo lift. We have got to get out of here. Kurt grabs him by the arms and drags him back. Yes. <laughs> no! <laughs> I know. It looks like he's taking him to a hoedown or something. Grabs him both by the arms. <laughs> but on, before th- we're going we're gonna to promenade, motherfuckers. <laughs> but before that, he actually, before he leaves, he tells Scotty to set the, the one of the, uh, oh, this is later on. That's later. later. That's later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Damn it, acting Scott. <laughs> no, I'm at, I, I gotta screw up something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're kind of talking about the turbo lift. Oh yeah, so when we first met these assholes, they're like just beginning their industrial revolution. But it's only been a hundred years, so we're fine with it. They head down to the transporter room. Uh, the Horizon reports that they were very intelligent, but somewhat imitative. Also, and, is that guy? Is that like Lieutenant Bathrobe? Dude's like wearing a bathrobe yes. in the transporter room. <laughs> it gets really humid in there. What you don't understand is the transporters are run by steam powered. So there's a lot it's of ca- humidity. It's casual Friday on the Enterprise. <laughs> Have you seen the green thing Kirk wears sometimes? Yes. Very casual. He looks like, he looks mm-hmm. like a little like a little Captain Rap. Yeah, I mean Captain like Joe. in terms of the captain's casual wear. At least Picard's smoking jacket makes some kind of reasonable sense. I don't really yeah. like I don't really get Kirk's green wraparound except for that William Shatner is kind of expanding in the middle. <laughs> but considering they have that since like the second or third episode of the original series, I, I mean Yeah, well. Alright, so they get another transporter pad as they as they get in the room, they grab their communicators and phasers and step on the pad and beam down. Within, well, five, ca- within five feet of a yellow fire plug. <laughs> That's pretty good oh. accuracy. Oh yeah, Google Christ. Maps, Street View, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't GPS only good to an accuracy of like 50 feet? Mm, well, more like 10, 10, 15 meters, but yeah. Something like that, yeah. Close so, enough. Uh, and then and they, they promptly get mowed down by a car. Right. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. I, I, now, one thing I say, I do love this episode because they put some effort into this episode and it is fucking hilarious to me how they keep everything so consistent. So they're all looking around and even McCoy's like, ah, oh, this place looks great. I can make some moonshine. <laughs> Kirk's like, and Earth I, has I, never looked like this. And McCoy's like, no, Earth looked exactly like this, you dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not in Iowa, you fucking hick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you were fucking sheep. 
people yeah. in the cities look like this. Jeez. Yeah, McCall, no, no, no. Yeah, McC- it's Iowa. He was fucking corn. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, from the south, but he lived in Atlanta, which is actually a city. Uh, so. <laughs> that ain't butter on that corn on the cob, let me tell you. <laughs> Sour cream? <laughs> Well, in a yes. sense. <laughs> so uh, they're looking around. They see everyone, all the men are dressed in these pinstripe suits with fedoras carrying around Tommy guns. And all the women's, all the women's, all the women's like flappers is carrying pistols. To which they're highly amused by this until two jump out of nowhere and put heaters on them. So they apparently think that they're Medusa and try to turn him into stone, which doesn't work. <laughs> to which they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, don't move. Oh, okay. I do like the fact that this episode stays consistent with the bullshit the entire time. They don't oh, let yeah. up on the relentless bullshit of this episode. They commit and they commit hard. I, I have to respect they, that. They really did. They really. <laughs> well, they were like, hey, people love trouble with tribbles. Let's just, you know, be funny this whole episode. Troubles with Tommy guns. <laughs> <laughs> Tribbles with Tommy guns. Fuck up oh, with fedoras. That would have been a great... Actually, look, later on, Kirk's fedora looks like it was made out of a freaking Tribble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. There's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of that. You know, that's hold a good on, point, though. Tribbles reproduce so readily and everything. Why wasn't there just like a booming Tribble fur industry? Ooh. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, I'm pretty sure the Andorians showed up wearing some very furry outfits in the TFS. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was made of the um, um, pig face people. What's their name? Oh, the Tellarites. Yeah, I think that was Tellarite fur. Ew. <laughs> They're luxurious. <laughs> but but only... Never mind. It's okay, whatever. Let's just move on. Well, remember, you're Hey Mickey this week, so, you know... <laughs> I can't. I can't be Amy. No one can fill those tiny little dainty shoes. <laughs> no one can wear those kind of six-inch stilettos like he can. <laughs> All right. So they they uh, take away uh, the trio, the search, the uh, Enterprise's trio's weapons. And they're using these little Type One hand phasers, which is really weird looking. Have um, you never seen one of these before? Well, I have. It's just odd because I'm so used to seeing them with the little Type Two pistol. Groups, same little type ones is, right. is odd for me because I keep thinking they're about to go around unlocking people's cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the three are standing there and just kind of annoyed. And Kirk's like, "What's the big deal? What's going on?" So it's like, "Yeah, we're like we come here to meet your boss." He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna take you to meet our boss." And Kirk's like, "Yeah, that's what we're here for. Why are you pointing guns at us? That's actually what we're here for." It's like, "Okay, you're gonna come with us." And Kirk's like, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what, what is, why? Why are you doing all this? <laughs> just, just really funny. Then you see all the extras walking by all with guns and shit all the time. It is just fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> so because we've gone a few seconds without some sort of action, suddenly drive by. <laughs> and the whole way team ducks behind one mailbox. Yes, but luckily they they may have uh, done the design of Tommy guns, but they didn't actually learn how to make bullets. So they just kind of shoot smoke and sound out. <laughs> they're cap guns. Yeah, they're just cap guns. Nobody really cares. <laughs> so 
yeah, a crowd forms, looks at the dead body and goes, huh. And then everyone just kind of wanders away. No one oh. really gives a shit. Okay. People get mowed down the street all the time. Okay, so this is the result of cultural contamination by the horizon leaving a certain piece of uh, material behind for them to study inadvertently. Right. What yes. if they had left behind like a collection of YouTube nerf videos? <laughs> I was gonna say like that'd be the best planet to visit. Yeah, all the Tommy gun shoot nerf darts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it'd be like a 90s. What if they had left behind Super Soaker commercials? The Oozinator. <laughs> a whole society based on the Oozinator. Standard Orbit Round, Bukaki 9. A whole society of people drenched. <laughs> a whole society of people drenching themselves in radioactive waste to get superpowers. They beam down as nothing but a bunch of deformed looking people. <laughs> Take me to the What? <laughs> All right, so they're walking down the middle of the street, as one does uh, when you're taking someone to your boss. And uh, two floozies – I don't I don't know another term for them. They're floozies. Um, come running out, and they're like, uh, hey, we need the garbage taken out or something. We pay our percentages, and Oxmix needs to do something. So they're like – apparently this is the closest thing to like petitioning your local government to take care of goods and services, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they're, they're yelling at the mayor's – you know, uh, staff, like, get the garbage trucks running again, essentially. Yeah, so, I mean, so you start getting a sense, and, and the thing about this episode, it's a hell of a lot higher concept than I think it really comes across. This is functioning society that works like this. There is, like, a system of government where shit actually gets done, mm -hmm. and this is, like, an example of it. It's stupid as shit, but apparently it works. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... there, there's that undercurrent to it, and you're right, a lot of it does get lost. I don't think they lean into it hard enough, because a lot of it gets lost within just the, like, absurdity that they also want to portray in the episode. Right, I mean, right. This, this is essentially feuding, this is essentially warring city-states that modeled themselves after uh, Chicago gangs in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so... <laughs> I mean, I could see this being like a like a '60s sci-fi short story, and it making a hell of a lot more sense, which is a lot of TOS episodes, I think. Yeah, I, I could true. see. Yeah, this could work as a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that, that'd actually be good. All right, so they finally get up to Oxmix, uh, who I love the actor they got to play Oxmix. He is the most gangster-looking motherfucker I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> this guy, he, he works like, really well. Oh my I didn't god. Know I didn't know Martin Scorsese did TV work in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's awesome. I love how he's just like, oh, okay, well, we're bringing in the guys now. And he's like, oh, okay. So he gets up, picks up a pool cue, and acts like he's playing pool so he can look cool <laughs> while he's talking to him. But he clearly doesn't know how to play because he's just hitting random balls in random ways. And he picks up the cue ball. <laughs> yeah, he picks it's up like, the cue ball and starts hitting ball. stripes and everything. What the fuck are you doing? Well, he, he moves the cue ball before anybody's there to see him do it, so it's fine. <laughs> No, no, he does it several times. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's the boss. He can scratch if he wants to. <laughs> uh, so I think it's funny, though, because he's like, all right, which one of you is the captain? And uh, Kurt goes, uh, who wants to know? And he goes, all right, you must be the captain, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, no, Kirk has the... met his match. Yeah. Oh, but people aren't dumb. Mm -hmm. They're just uh, just weird. All right, so we introduce everybody, which the boss just doesn't even look at. Him. He's like, I don't, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> All right, Captain, pick up a pool cue. Uh, we're gonna hit balls with him. 
All right. Okay. So yeah, they start yeah, the the surf fleet crew starts going yeah yeah it's crazy fucking society you have here huh? Because uh so you're the boss huh boss of what he's like the boss of my territory the biggest in the world, which is like two blocks in a fake city. <laughs> it's a small planet. Apparently, <laughs> you know that planet in the Voyager opening orbit. where it's you know the rings and the planet's too small. It's actually this planet. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're on the Voyager planet. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's just, like, randomly whacking balls with a stick. Uh, so are you Which sure you're not still doing... That. You're sure you're still not doing Mickey, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm doing with my right hand right now. <laughs> All right, so then th- they tell the boss, they tell, they tell Oxmix the bad news that Krakow hit him. And he's like, ah, go hit him back harder. Meh. And with just great gusto and enthusiasm, puts his glasses back on and goes back to whacking balls. Spock, with his amazing powers of observation, looks directly behind himself and sees this <laughs> giant white leather-bound book sitting up on a stand like a Bible. Oh, I think we found it. It's the book. Yeah, not too subtle with that. Uh... <laughs> Published 1992. The future year of 1992! <laughs> I don't think we published books that big in 92, but I could be wrong. Well, considering <laughs> um, considering Krakow has an identical one, and right. Horizon probably didn't leave two of the exact same book, I'm going to assume these were printed later. Now, I like to think Horizon intentionally left like <laughs> dozens of like, crates <laughs> of these things laying around, because that's what the Horizon was doing. It was shipping books from one planet to another. <laughs> It's the future version of Amazon. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, when you say Amazon Prime, you mean the home world of Amazon now. Uh, Either that or uh, the Kamen Rider Transformers crossover that will never happen. So the the guys are like, oh, this must be a contaminated planet. So which... uh, the boss, uh, Oxymix, comes in and goes, hey, 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 don't be bad-mouthing the book. This is our holy Bible. And he's all, like, offended about it. Oh, yeah. And, don't don't mess with the book. Yeah. So then they're asking, so did they leave other books? And he's like, oh, yeah, I left other books, like, how to make radios and guns and fedoras. <laughs> oh, fuck you. And how to pinstripe a suit. Now, they have established yeah, that book was really specific. <laughs> or... <laughs> Yeah, I think Horizons did this intentionally. All I'm saying is the evidence points to them doing this shit on purpose. They they did say at some point along the way here that the Horizons visit was before the Prime Directive was put into effect, so there wasn't any standing order, yeah. like, don't interfere with intelligent cultures, you find. So, yeah, this crew of this ship just figured, oh, hey, look, people, we can help. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they probably knew they would do this. We're like, okay, how can we fuck with these guys? <laughs> we're never so going to be back hap- here. Yeah. What happened then was they were so busy laughing about what they had done that they would probably crashed right into an asteroid. And right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had somebody from the Troy family at the helm. <laughs> Is that a uh, beta Z at the helm? Oh, my God. <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> oh, no, no. Either that or... They had some problem come up that uh, could have easily been solved with knowledge of Chicago gangs. <laughs> oh, if only they had Where's left the their book? book on the planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
stupid. So it was all about Oxmix. So he's like, whoa, 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 why are you asking me questions? I brought you down here so I could ask you questions. And of course, I'm thinking these are spacemen wearing space, you know, space clothing from a spaceship with laser guns and shit. It's like, and he really thinks that like he's the one like in control of the situation, which is just hilarious to me. He has their space it's guns. Like, yeah, but and their like, space radios. I guess. So he's just like, all right, look, you help me out, and then we can talk. So they're going to reach over and gingerly touches Kirk's neck, which visibly excites him. <laughs> I like when you do that. <laughs> so he's like, all right, look, you know, it's been 100 years, and you're up on a spaceship, so you probably all kind of fancy heaters and guns and stuff. So help me do it. I'll take over the planet. Then we'll have one government. We can have peace finally. And Kirk's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like this says, what aggression? I'm just talking about a few hits. It's like that's the very definition of aggression. <laughs> like, what do you mean violence? I'm just gonna shoot a bunch of guys. What are you talking about? What are you crazy? It's <laughs> so stupid. This <laughs> is this is their culture. To them, this is just how things are. I have to keep reminding myself like they sound insane, but this is really you know, but they just live every day. All right, so Oxmix is all balls, and he's like, I don't care about your orders. You're doing what I tell you to, because I'm the boss. Meh, meh. Give me, you have eight hours to give me all your guns. Meh. And then, or I'll kill the three of you. Oh, okay. Kirk's just like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the scene just kind of drags. Okay. <laughs> it just fades away. Like grandma without her medication. All right. So, yeah, they try to start explaining, okay, this is a phaser. This is a communicator. You almost blew up please, the building. Don't... Yeah, please don't confuse the two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or do. You know, try to, answer the communi- uh, try to answer the phaser and see what happens to your head. <laughs> what you do is put this right up to your temple and press this button, and then right. you can talk to whoever you want. <laughs> you can talk to all your dead relatives. <laughs> like a one-way Ouija board. Uh, Spock just seems really annoyed by this. Well, that's uh, Spock. Yeah. All right. Because even he's like, this is just dumb. All right. Whatever. So, well, oh, this of can... course, he's surrounded by humans. <laughs> and people imitating humans. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, whatever. Okay. We have three prisoners. I'm going to figure out how to do the thing, but you better get me the guns. So, which I'm thinking, how are they supposed to get you your guns if they don't have their communicators? But then Oxmix, within like two seconds, figures out how to use the communicator as he stares up into the sky <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, he starts staring at the ceiling to which the, the, the floozy on his desk are staring up there, too. And even Vessie was like, What the fuck is she looking at? <laughs> what, what are you? What are you looking at? What? So he calls up to the ship and confuses the shit out of poor Scotty. <laughs> Which is definitely funny because Scott's like, I kind of fucking understand the thing you're fucking saying. What are you talking about? I kind of understand your crazy language. <laughs> and there was a... That's so funny. <laughs> and with asking for heaters, there was a uh, missed uh, late of end of episode joke that they could have done. And they missed it. Sending out a bunch of space heaters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, All right. I don't know why you want these, but here they are. Just uh, don't put them in front of anything flammable. <laughs> like 
you know, felt fedoras. <laughs> Triple fur. Yeah. Tellerite pubes. <laughs> oh, Dolly, I love your coat. What is that? <laughs> tellerite. They're only the finest tellerite pubes. It's so warm. Now, here's the question. Are all of given that triples do nothing but uh, eat and fuck? Uh, they don't even fuck. McCoy said they're born pregnant. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have Okay, to but... They just eat and reproduce all on their own. Is all that hair there for a pube? <laughs> they're just like giant pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see where you were going with that. That bothers me. I did not see that. Tribbles are the yes, merchants I... of the animal kingdom. Tribble merchants. See Scotty walking around with his tartan on. Oh, you like the new merkin? Like, why is it purring? Don't ask any questions. I don't know what the answers to. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's certainly eating something. <laughs> oh, well, no. It the teeth out of it. Not only nibbles. Oh, no. Triple four. <laughs> oh, no. Triple nibbles. So they put you in a big bucket full of toothless tribbles. <laughs> Is this really vor? Or just a uh, triple blowjob? <laughs> I think it depends which side you're asking here. If you're asking the Tribble, it's Vor. <laughs> and the Tribble's also just really confused why it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard a Tribble choke on something? You're about to. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> all right so <laughs> the gangsters take the trio take kurt mccoy and spock to the most secure location they could possibly think of not the jail but a warehouse where batman beat somebody up 10 minutes ago and i'm talking 60s batman so let's not oh yeah all right so they start going to some of the history of like okay what are we into it's like well you know back in the 20s the government almost broke down and the gangs almost took over uh took over Chicago. So how do we fix it? And they're like, I, I don't know. With this like ancient history to us, we have to check the computers to see how all this get fixed so we, we can like make that happen. So Spock is like, look, if we don't fix this, it's going to degenerate into anarchy. To which McCoy's like, so? <laughs> like, no, we got to fix it. All right. I mean, kind of where right. McCoy's coming from. It's not their world. It's not exactly their problem. These people right. probably kill themselves before they get into deep space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, you could just let this resolve by itself and just pretend you never got here. Yeah. So this is one of the fun. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes in this too, because it, God. this comes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so this is where Kirk teaches them how to play Fizbin, <laughs> which has made several references in Star Trek canon since, which I find absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, how many of those were in Star Trek Online? At least two, so shut up. <laughs> I thought we were talking about ones in canon. Um, So this scene was actually hey, what inspired hey. me last week to say, like, imagine the Ferengi and the computer scene, but with Kirk instead of Riker. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so anyway, so it's like, oh, you're playing a, a, <clears throat> a baby's game. You other guys are playing, are like playing like babies. And it's like, we're not babies. We're men. It's like, well, I'll try to play a men's game. Fizzman. That is, okay. that is literal dialogue from this episode, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even exaggerating. No. So Kurt goes on for 10 goddamn minutes how to play this made up game. <laughs> To which even Kirk is like, this is such bullshit. Why do? Why did I leave Vulcan Science Academy? Why did I join Starfleet? <laughs> I miss I miss Christopher Pike so much. All right. So then he yeah, goes in this thing. If it's Tuesday, you have to do this and this, that, and the other. Brr, 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 brr. Uh, all of this for like just to be able to punch him, which I don't understand. There's three of them. They could have jumped him at any time, but for <laughs> for some reason. They had to get their guard down for a second so they could all jump them. I like how McCoy does the do no harm karate chop. Yeah. Well, and like, as soon as Kirk drops the card and has the guy reach down for it, Spock's on somebody with the neck pinch, right? So yeah. if you think yeah. back to the start of the episode where the um, the drive-by had just happened, and there was only one of Oxmix's guys on them at that point, Spock had like two or three opportunities where he could have just reached over and did that to the their, uh, you know, their captor. Right. I I see where you're going with this. I just want to go ahead and kind of head that off and say, in the course of this episode, there are about seven trillion times when <laughs> the Star Trek dudes, I mean the Enterprise dudes, could have done something and not been captured, and they just kind of stood there and let it happen. Well, yeah, but that was the first. Yeah. That was really the first instance. So, like, everything kind of just builds off of that one. Yeah, yeah, and it's so annoying. It just keeps happening. The guys are running out of the room as, as McCoy and, and Bones are running out of the room. There's another stand with another version of a copy of the book behind them. So this copy of this book is fucking everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, there was the one in um, Octopus's <clears throat> office, and then there's one in yep. Krakow's office. So, like, they have a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and there's one here in the warehouse, too. So, yeah, they're just everywhere. Yeah, and big... one off to, outside of... Yeah, yeah, the one outside on the building, which somehow apparently hasn't gotten completely uh, water stained. Yeah, well, it's made out of fedora, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's probably safe to assume there's one of these in every bathroom, right? Right, right. Like, there has to be. Well, unless that book about Chicago wrote specifically about bathrooms, these people still shit in the woods. Because <laughs> they don't know what bathrooms are unless the book told them. It would seem that way. Yeah, because they don't have jails. Did they put him in a jail? No. Did they take him to a hospital? See, nope. see, but but the gangs don't have jails. That's what I'm saying. If it's not in the book, it doesn't exist. Look <laughs> how Kirk is running. I assume like... the gangs have bathrooms. The gangs don't I have bathrooms in the places they run. The gangs don't have actual jails. The gangs don't have actual hospitals, but they do have bathrooms in their places. I mean, as Why long as the assume? book wrote about somebody, like, you know, overdosing in a bathroom or something. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, there's no better place to do coke, I'm sure. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Why is it echoey where you're at? Are you in a bed? Oh, God. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I'm just pissed you're not sharing. If is I could through Skype, my friend. This, this, this rum ain't cutting it. All right. Um, so, like, Kirk is running down an alleyway holding the gun by its stock, because that's that's a good way to, like, when you're in danger. If you have a gun, you want to make sure you want to hold it like a club. <laughs> yeah. There's and a I number of times where someone, like, ends up pointing the gun in their own face. <laughs> yes. 
I love his little his little bunny hip scop over the box. Free. Skippy skippy. Twitchy Neely gets captured by Yeah, did we skip over the part where uh, he instructed uh, Spock and McCoy to go and get themselves beamed back up? Uh yeah, we can't skip over that. So, so yeah, Kirk's like, I'm gonna stay here, you two get back up to the ship and go to the computers and figure out what's going on. Okay, so there's a little flaw with that plan too, where I don't see it. He could have easily gone with them and they all three could have been back up and then Kirk could have been back down with, you know, security guys with phasers again. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Especially since they know now uh exactly where in relation to the yellow fire plug Ockmix's <clears throat> office is. They could have just beamed in and, you know, completely had the drop on them with phasers. Okay. See, you're you're actually using some sort of logic in this entire episode, which yes. is just just don't. <laughs> don't because you go insane. It's like staring into the void of Cthulhu. This just 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 don't. Alright, so Seersucker hat Mc, McLavender bow tie <laughs> jumps Kirk. Meh. And by jump you mean is literally standing there as he walks by and goes, Hey you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then grabs his gun, which I like how Kirk is just like, ho hum, oh well. And then he gets in the car and starts biting his lip like he's a prom date about to get fucked. <laughs> I mean, he's got this, oh, look in his face. What is up with that? It's Kirk. Uh, William Shatner has just realized what kind of episode he's in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I might not get fucked, but I'm getting fucked right now. Yeah. He's, he's biting his lip to help remind himself later to call his agent. <laughs> like, I'd rather play a fat cop than this. Or the pain for biting his lip is helping him. No pain. episode. Wow! All right, so then the scene out. changes. Yeah, it did. Oh, I assume it's the universe trying to save us from a bad joke, but I don't know. And it was okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so we just there's a random woman in a random office with a random turntable somewhere. Uh, well, that's that's the Kirk. um that's the radio station. Boy, that's well, I know we're getting to that, but they just kind of walk in. Well, uh, Kirk told them to go to the radio station to signal the ship. Oh, he's he's okay. Never mind. That's yeah, because Uhura was what monitoring, monitoring the, all the cha- yeah, yeah monitoring the signals. All all radio stations all at once. Well, the computer's helping. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for so. looking for keywords like help, help, we're dying. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although that's probably a couple songs too, so it really has to weed that yeah. stuff out. Yeah, exactly. In this planet, that kind of yeah, that's. The song. Not here. not if it's not written help in the book. Help being raped. Help, help. The only music, the only right. songs they have are what they got out of the book. So yeah. Glenn Miller. Nothing but Glenn Miller is playing <laughs> on these radio stations. <laughs> All right. So they have the adorable little scene where uh, McCoy and Spock are trying to figure out how to use the radio, and they're making fun of each other. And they eventually get in contact with Uhura, which actually works super well. Somehow. And she's like, yeah, well, it's Okay, Uhura. so I don't, I don't discount the possibility that, you know, they could... Um, broadcast out from there and Uhura would pick it up and know where they are. The problem I have is that mm-hmm. she responds to them and they can just talk back and forth with only a microphone. They're like they're hearing her from the microphone as well. Oh <laughs> yeah. And because again, a it's a radio station. Yeah, it's a radio station. It's broadcasting equipment. It's not really it, there's not a receiving end right. in that hardware not... setup. Huh. Exactly, especially in the 20s. Right? 
there there are you know, some I issues was really liking here. this episode until just now. You just ruined it for me. It was perfect <laughs> until you just ruined it. That's what did it. <laughs> yeah, that that is the line to get across. All right, so <laughs> so yeah, they 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 get boomed up. So then we cut into another bow tie seersucker hat wearing doofus next to a big plaque that says Jojo Cracko, boss, Southside Territory. I love the fact that they have the goofiest, silliest names in this world. Well, I mean, they are aliens, so they have alien names. Right. It's kind of surprising because I know, I guess, they were originally, like, the whole idea was, like, President Capone is what uh, Memory Alpha said was the original idea for it. Yeah. But they stayed away from Chicago gangster names and just kept the alien names, which is, that, that's one thing in this episode that's actually kind of cool. They they went with circus chimpanzee names. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Jojo Cracko. Cracko's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, Mojo Jojo. Yeah, there should have been a monkey. There's really no doubt about that. Dr. Zayas up in this bitch. (laughs) So they have a nice long lingering shot on the plaque so we know where we're at. Thank you, Establisher. All right. So I love the guy they got playing Jojo, though. I've seen this actor on other things, and I love this guy. He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, So he's throwing darts at Oxmix as a a poster of Oxmix. So apparently... The book didn't tell him exactly how to play darts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you walk up to it and throw it from six inches away. Well, he tried one from across the room and basically missed, so, you know, it's his mulligan. Yeah. Cracko! Jojo Cracko! He's the head of the whole Southern Territory, which again is two blocks in fake Chicago. <laughs> and I like how he, like, grabs Kurt by the back of the neck and, like, pushes him toward a chair, and Kurt rolls his eyes. I don't think it was Kirk. I think it was Shatner rolling his eyes. <laughs> so he goes to this green velvet chair, sits down, and there's now there's a blonde floozy on his desk. I mean, these guys are like interchangeable. I mean, it's like planet stereotype. It's hilarious. Okay, so and this is different from any other uh, planet that they're on in TOS. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but strangely, Kirk doesn't actually like have sex with any of the women. Nor get seduced, so that's good. Also, this is one time Star Trek actually portrayed women the way they would have been portrayed in the time frame they were in. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, with guns, like, under their boobs. Yes, the, bo- no, the, no, the no, boob no, gun placement. <laughs> yeah. All right, so again, so basically Krakow has the exact same plan for Kirk that Oxman has, was like, hey, give me all the guns so I can win this and take over, then I'll help you out, we can help each other out. So, you know, we, I want peace, too, but I want to run everything. You know, it's like, okay, and I'm even willing to cut you in. I'll give you a piece of the action. What? Speaking of cutting. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like how they say it's like, I'll cut you a third, a percentage. But they never say of what? The they action. never say it's money. The take. They, no, no. They never, well, that's what I'm saying. They never say it's money. They never say it's goods or resources or anything. They just... It's like this, this term they use. They don't no, even know what it, it means. No, it's, it's like 30% right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. In this and alien culture, even... action is their currency. <laughs> so it's like Las Vegas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, that's the wrong Star Trek. That's Deep Space Nine. Oh, yes. Uh I've never been arrested in my whole life. Yeah, because police don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, he's, he's asking Kirk questions before Kirk can answer. Like, interrupts him, and Kirk just finally rolls, rolls his eyes and gives up. 
<laughs> Even Kirk's like, this sucks. All right, I'm going to threaten to cut you. Nah, I'm going to cut you. All right, so now I'm going to throw you into another kind of a prison room with all kinds of things to, that are helpful for you to escape, including, like, a giant dagger as a letter opener that you will just ignore for some reason. Yeah, because instead Kirk is going to start disassembling a radio with his bare hands. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, well, I mean, I mean, not having seen this episode in 30 years. Uh, <laughs> since it was in syndication on Nickelodeon in the mid-80s. Um, so, I mean, naturally, your conclusion is Kirk is going to take the components and build some kind of crude transmitter to signal for help, right? That is the stupidest mm-hmm. fucking thing I have ever heard, XB. You no. must be mentally retarded, because clearly, when you have a radio and you need to communicate with somebody, you're going to make a tripwire out of it. Yeah. No, this is this is just Star Trek predicting <laughs> Make a tripwire okay? out of it by, by tying one end to who knows what and the other end to the very small table. So I think uh, one end was tied <laughs> so to dumb. the table leg and the other was tied to the coat rack on the other side of the door. You know the the most that'll stop somebody. Yeah, the the sturdiest, <laughs> most secured to the floor things he could possibly find in that room. Right. The most permanent of furniture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those things are going nowhere, man. Yeah, when you look at when you look at coat racks, those are known for being completely stable and never moving. Oh God! All right, so you know what you could do with a coat rack, though. Oh God. Well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, me and three other guys. I don't know. <laughs> if you didn't need to use it as a, a super secure anchor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you have your tripwire set, you could take that and actually use that as like your weapon to subdue the guys who are coming in and tripping over your uh, your well reasoned use of radio resources. That's just That's... silly. Yeah, instead we're gonna use a blanket. <laughs> but I guess on one hand, if I'm going to try to be generous, if I can find a way to be generous about this, is that Kirk is trying to find a non-deadly solution to the situation? Because he could probably kill these fuckers. Um, but he's got to just try to get one gun. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, oh, rum. Sorry. <laughs> so McCoy and Spock amazingly don't go, uh, Scotty. Warp eight. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You know, if only the sensors were a little bit more fine-tuned in this era, they could have just been like, can we lock on to Captain Kirk's uniform the material? Human... Well, no, the one human life sign. Yeah, Remember, or just, I mean, the aliens. uniform material, whatever the <clears throat> uniforms are made of, you're not going to find that on the planet anywhere else. <laughs> so unless they literally stripped him and put his clothes in a box somewhere... You know, locking onto oh that is probably going to well, do the no. job. I mean, it's Kirk. Can't the sensors just search for machismo? <laughs> That's not where I thought <laughs> no, you were going with that. They, every time they do it, it overloads the sensors, <laughs> and i got to recalibrate them. <laughs> it's like I put the blinders up. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's a big sunshade, like, in front of the main view screen that to put <laughs> down. Um, all right, so Spock's been, like... Went to Google and said, how do I fix this? I feel lucky. <laughs> Didn't find anything and went, well, I guess we're fucked. There's no way out of this. McCoy's like, ah, that's what I thought. Your logic and reason and science are meaningless. <laughs> I'm going to go sacrifice a chicken and see if that helps. Yeah, he goes to consult the social, the, the sociological computer. What? <laughs> see, because <laughs> in the future, sociology is an actual science. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think he even says, I can see no logical 
single re- way to solve this. I'm like, I can think of 30, motherfucker. What the hell? Hazers, troops, go. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So, yeah. So we're up here. So, yeah. So Oxmix communicates with them and say, hey, uh, hey, you're up there. You escaped. and That's cool and all. But I want to talk again. So could you beam down? I just want to talk. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Oh, okay. That sounds good. We'll totally do that. Just the two of us? Sure. So what do they do? Well, we'll get to that in a second. So, <laughs> no, I, I like that sequence though. Like, yeah. So, Oxmix called up there, and Spock answers like, "Wait, why are you up there again?" Yeah, it's What's irrelevant. It? Yeah, we're that's, here. that's really not important because I am. Yeah, <laughs> you tautological son of a bitch. That's going to be my next line and my next argument with my girlfriend. Well, it's illogical because I did. Because <laughs> yeah. she was that. there, she bent over. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> It Why happened. are we arguing about this? It already happened. Oh right. my! <laughs> <laughs> they say it's easier to ask so, for forgiveness than permission, but I choose to do neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the jokes I could make about that, but I'm not. We have an episode to talk about. All right, so we get back down to Kirk in his room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's taking the copper wire, the sturdiest of metals. Oh yeah. Uh, it ties it, yeah, to the leg of, like, two <clears throat> loose pieces of furniture, picks up this wooden wastebasket, which is gorgeous. That's a beautiful piece, by the way. Not yeah. for long. Uh, yeah, unless you want to throw anything, anything wet because it's just slats. Um, well, it's just, you, you know, a waste paper basket. Yeah. So he takes the waste paper basket, smashes on it, and goes, oh, Lord, I've helped myself. Help me, help me. Oh, Lord. Then picks up a blanket, which I thought he was going to hide behind. So the guys would come <laughs> in and go, he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> they go run out. They can't see me. Yeah, that's what I really expected to happen. So funniest sound effect I have ever heard in Star Trek. Oh yeah, that <laughs> guitar twang. Twang. <laughs> also, those guys running in, neither of them actually trip over the wire. They just launch themselves in the room and fall down. Yeah, they they literally avoid the wire because they don't actually want to trip. Well, there's no, no wire. When Kirk goes to leave, the wire's gone. Yeah, he's well, the, right the wire's gone because they well, look, broke if, it when if they tripped, tripped over, it. over the wire, they'd be not. They'd be pulling out the furniture it's tied to. You got to clean it up. Uhura would be getting these weird signals. Then they have like, to redo the tank. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting this weird radio signal. Someone's plucking a string. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? So, Kirk fucking kicks one right in the goddamn face, knocks all of his teeth out. He fucking blanket parties the other one <laughs> and, like, breaks his neck. Peaceful solution. Reaches out and grabs the heater and then runs out. So, Spock and McCord are like, all right, Scotty, we're going to go get captured again, so don't walk on to us, whatever you do. <laughs> He's like, all right, boys, I got you. Have fun. But do set the phasers, one of the phaser banks to stun. Yeah, yeah. To which Scotty's yep. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shut her stun. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear you. Well, that stun setting, you wee buggers. Look at you thinking I'm going to stun them. <laughs> I don't oh, think... you're going to be stunned all right at my court martial trial. <laughs> I don't think Scotty cares what setting he uses as long as he can fire phasers at someone or something. <laughs> True. If he uh, fires phasers at on stun at someone, that's just more times he can shoot them. Now, here's the thing. What would have... I'm, I'm just wishing that for the visual pun, they could have had Chakov uh, manning the phasers there. 
Oh, Chekhov's phaser, ah. yes. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Very high concept. Good thinking. Uh-huh. Not for this episode. <laughs> no. There was no Chekhov this episode. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, right. He said something in the beginning. There was no yeah. Chekhov this episode. Yes, there was. It's like Schrodinger's Chekhov. Stop. He's the one, <laughs> he's the one who told Kirk where they were. Uh, yeah, he must have like had to like bugger off. Now I'm imagining like, Schroeder's Chekhov. What, playing oh the God. piano? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so we cut back down to Oxmix's office where he's talking to his floozy for some reason. He's like, oh, yeah, they're going to beam down. They're going to have more guns on them. So watch this. This is going to be hilarious. So, well, it, okay, so like this is also another <clears throat> point where like they demonstrate these people are fairly smart because one of his goons says, yeah, they definitely cannot move until they stop glowing and swirling. Right, yeah. I, that's the thing is, yeah. The, the, they paid the, attention the, to how transporters weren't seeing it once. Yes. That's the thing is, they do make the case that these, these aliens are actually really smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they walk over, and now for some reason, because you know the little Type 1 phasers weren't good enough, let's bring down the <laughs> fucking pistols, <laughs> which are three times as powerful, and give them those. So yeah, Rangers. they just... Yeah, I love how like Spock and McCoy are just like, well, got us again. <laughs> you idiots. Couldn't have seen that coming. Nope. God, well, they are useless without Kirk. <laughs> idiots. I think that's demonstrated when, <clears throat> you know, the first minute they're by themselves on the bridge, they're arguing about logic versus voodoo. Right. In terms of yeah. solving their gangster problem. <laughs> All I'm saying is chicken entrails could just give us all the answers. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the real fact is if they had just sent Uhura down, she'd be running the whole fucking planet by now. Yeah, because they'd be like, what is this amazing creature that just appeared before us? <laughs> yes. I will do anything for you. <laughs> Seriously. I and, goddess just appeared on the street. And she didn't even have to do a fan dance. No. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite parts about this scene is Oxmix is like, yeah, you keep doing this and I won't need your cooperation because you're bringing me all the guns I can want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, at this point, how does Spock not just snap his own neck? What <laughs> <laughs> a shame. Oh. Smoke should have been flying out of his ear- ears. <laughs> like, it, of course, Spock's like, hey, I thought we had an agreement. And he's like, I lied, you idiot. What did you think? I'm a gangster. <laughs> so stupid. There is not enough of, of McCoy just burning holes through Spock's head staring at him this episode. <laughs> at this point, I think he's so used to it. He's just, he's just wishing for the sweet embrace of death. Probably. <laughs> I'm just, I'm done with this shit. I'm so done. Chicken All entrails. Right, so whatever. Chicken entrails. <laughs> I just had some tea leaves. I could get us out of this jam. <laughs> so, uh, so Oxford is basically kind of goes a little thing of like, you can't trust anybody but yourself. And, you know, it, power is the only thing that matters. And, you know, I'm willing to kill anybody to get what I want. It just kind of does this whole thing. So there's a room full of guys with guns. Kirk comes in and points a gun at one of them. They go, oh, and even the woman, for no reason, drops her gun out of her vagina. <laughs> we'll go it just like that. appeared. Yeah, it just kind of appeared like near the middle of her body. <laughs> um. So anyway, so Kirk somehow now is like got everybody under control and gave the 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 phasers back to Spock and McCoy. 
Uh, so now they're trying to figure out how to fix all this. And Spock's like, I don't have an answer. Logic is useless here. This is the most retarded thing I've ever been a part of in my well, and life. Then, and then Kirk's all like, wait, shut up, Spock. Um, your suit, that's, yeah. that's pretty good looking. Take it off. You! Take it off. Take it all off. You look like you're about so, my size everywhere except the middle. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so this is where he says, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go bag Krakow. And, it, like, the two guys, you know, understanding, we're like, I don't want to take off my clothes to a strange man holding a gun. <laughs> but they do. And even Spock's like, what the fuck is going on? McCoy, of course, like, I don't fucking know. I, I didn't read my horoscope this morning. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the very next scene, <laughs> we see Spock and Kirk in gangster pinstripe suits, which makes this whole show worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and the fluffy fedora. Oh my god. I think it was made out of wool and it looks itchy as shit. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you can imagine... they pull it off. Well, not yeah. <laughs> very very slowly because it's probably congealed with a pomade in his hair. They had to throw it away after this because it was a fire hazard. He tries to take it off and just makes a sucking sound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just like that triple on my... Never mind. <laughs> More proof that it's just a triple on his head. <laughs> and we're back to triple four. <laughs> uh, all right. So now, now is the part where we can get really shitty and snotty because they get in an automobile. Uh, Kirk pretty much has an idea of how to operate the thing, which is hilarious. Um, never mind the fact in the 2000 movie, even as a child, he you know knew how to drive a car because he stole his stepdad's car to drive it you know off the cliff or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's and the also, thing that I like when well, you get. See, in... the difference is him not. Okay, it's there. Could he just not drive a car? Or does he have no idea how to drive a stick? Well, that 57 well, Camaro, sure. wherever he was, or that 67 Camaro he was driving was probably not an automatic. Right. I I just like that when they get in the car, Spock like immediately takes Kirk's gun away. Like, you're going to fuck up one of these two things, and it's not going <laughs> to shoot me in the face. <laughs> All right, so put it in nine millimeter and drive. <laughs> put it in semi-auto and go forward. So yes, there's this cute thing where he puts it in reverse and they crash and then they take off and it does it, this halting driving and it, it was kind. Of, I actually kind of chuckled at that. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, well, stuttering this... like the whole way. Which how do you even do that? No. Well, if you drive like my mother. <laughs> oh damn! At at this point, the it's like a trope, basically the future man trying to drive a car. Yeah, but, I mean yeah. that's a, it was a fairly original concept when done here, I would think, or at least not nearly as well worn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You have to keep in mind this is like late sixties. Yeah, yeah, we've come a long way in television since then, mm-hmm. so. So they finally stop and get in front of Krakow's place, and Spot goes, you are the worst driver. <laughs> I mean, a I... starship captain. You're a terrible taxi driver. Is it that bad? And Spock's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this slowly for you, because you're just a human. You're the worst. <laughs> well, and further proving that idea... Uh... Kirk, you know, gets his Tommy gun and is about to, you know, direct Spock in performing a hit on this building. <laughs> and, well, it takes a small child to show him the error of his ways. 
Right. So I, I love this little this little uh, character building scene where there's a woman walking by with a baby buggy, and the guy puts his gun in the bassinet, moves it aside, sees it's a baby, and then waves her on. Holy shit! <laughs> he pointed a machine gun at a baby. Yeah. Also, make you sure the baby isn't packing any heat on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does your baby have a heater? Does it have a heater? No, huh? No, but it's got a little pencil mustache, though. <laughs> No, or it could be checking to make sure the baby does have a heater. <laughs> yeah. No babies here without a heater. Yeah. How's it going to protect itself from the other babies? <laughs> Mash, eh? <laughs> what a dumb episode. <laughs> so, a, child, a child comes running to Kirk, which he immediately points his automatic machine gun to its chest. <laughs> well, I went in Rome. Oh, my God. To be fair, the, the child is pointing a knife at him. Yeah. yeah, not really a fair comparison. <laughs> Child with a knife versus an adult man with a machine gun. Don't bring a Tommy gun to a knife so the fight. Kid comes right up. Yeah, it's like knifey spoony. Um, so the kid comes around and he goes, "Hey, you better kill some motherfuckers. You gonna you gonna drop some motherfuckers?" <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong watch. <laughs> yeah, can I watch? Uh, Kirk's like, "That's weird." So then the kid's <laughs> like, "I will slit your throat wide open." There's your kid's like, hey, what's with your ears? <laughs> <laughs> but the kid does definitely point out that, like, if you try anything, you're going to get shot from every window in this block. Because we have an entire civilization slash gang <laughs> within a three-block radius on this planet. So this is where we're all at. We're all here all the time. Well, that's a good point anyway, because, like, they are at the – the uh, they are at Krakow's – yeah, Krakow's headquarters. Obviously, right. they would control all the buildings immediately surrounding, too. Yeah, yeah, because his gang does have upwards of eight people in it. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> they clearly own the city. All right, so Spock is like, "No, you're just a child. We don't want to get you involved." And Spock and Kirk's like, "Whoa, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a way we can endanger this little fucker." <laughs> Who are you calling a babe? Oh, that's creepy. He, yep. That's a, that's a boy, Kirk. Yeah. I mean, I guess boys can be babes, but I mean, come on, Kirk. So anyway, so the the kid has a, you know, what's in it for me? He says, what do you want? A piece of the action. Ah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and it's then they be say a, it again. It's got to be a thick percentage. <laughs> Which, Just like bacon. Kurt, yeah, Kurt's like, eh. All right, piece of action. It's like, all right, um, you can have 50% or whatever he fucking says. I don't know. Which, again, no one defines what they're talking about. And it drives me nuts. Yeah, but, like, but, it's a, but it's a contract. <laughs> it's a contract. It is. They shake yeah. hands on it. Uh-huh. All right. So the kid, who is easily the best actor in this episode, uh, <laughs> runs up to the two guys, stabbing trash cans on the way. Which, of course, the two Maj guys think this is absolutely adorable because this is the way children act in, you know, gangster land. Yeah. Including when he just runs up and starts waving the knife right in their faces. Yeah, they think it's adorable, uh-huh. which is how a man reacts. Don't yeah, you know, they don't point their guns at him. Like no, I mean he's not in a baby carriage. <laughs> oh, he literally could have killed them both and just made it much simpler for Kurt. I mean, they can see his weapon. I mean, they can see his weapon right there. They don't have to check under a blanket to see if that he has a weapon. <laughs> yeah. All right, so <laughs> to get the drop in these guys, Kirk and Spot 
put their guns back in the car, come running up and go, oh, my son, he's hurt. You better, what did you do to him, you bastards? Oh, what have you done? To which Spock just kick the guy's asses in broad daylight and then drag him inside. And the guy that uh, gets Vulcan nerf bitch has the funniest look in his face. Yep. I, I like how multiple times in this episode, Kirk will just wheel on a guy for <laughs> several seconds while Fuck will just nerf inch and just wait for Kirk to get finished with his guy. Yeah. Bessie likes this fight scene because you don't get to see who Kirk is punching, which is really fucking hilarious because he's just like swinging in midair because you can't get through the doorway. Fun like, fact. You... Fun fact. He was beating up the director. <laughs> I expected to be his agent. He was going to kick his ass. <laughs> or writer. Substitute no, one I of the three. It works. It looked like to me that uh, Shatner was having the time of his life in this episode. He was getting to overact like crazy. Uh, well, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. A little later, he finally he finally goes native, and then the <laughs> shit starts to actually happen. We're getting there. Yeah. So they walk in. So they stun the two guards who had their backs to the door because that's what guards do. <laughs> yep. Idiots. So, like, oh, Krakow comes downstairs, like, oh, hey, I've been expecting you. And, you know, Kirk is probably like, no, we're here to get you. We're, we're, we're attacking you. We just knocked out, like, four of your guards. Oh, that's, that's really interesting, boys. <laughs> yeah, Krakow's Kirk like, so? I have two more. And if you took out four of them, there's no way you can take out two. As you point your phasers directly at them. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it'd take a millimeter of a flex of a thumb to knock them both out. But no, let's not do that. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's the shit like this in this episode that just, it's so hard to watch. God, so that is such hard. a fuzzy hat, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, he's just basically now looking like a pimp instead of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's our <laughs> Kirk. Yeah. Where my money, bitch? Where's my money? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so Krakow's trying to shake the phaser out of the phaser <laughs> pistols. <laughs> So there's no face coming out of him. Puts it up to his ear, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the firing pin? I can't hear it rattling. Right. Doesn't taste like a gun. He starts licking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't taste any gun oil. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, how do these things work? And Kirk's like, well, do you want me to tell you in front of all these guys behind you? Because they find out that might become the boss. He's like, no, nah, I trust him. And he thinks about it and goes, let's just do it in the other room with the same guys. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, everyone behind him is just the barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, so at this point, Kirk finally just goes full Chatner and starts acting at them as hard as he can. He acts his ass off. I'm a gangster now. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Alright, see? Yeah. So there's this weird mix between <laughs> Shatner times 10 and like gangster talking, to which now shit starts making sense because now they start talking to Krakow. Krakow just starts doing whatever he says because now he's talking to him like a gangster. This is all they had to do. <laughs> They respect authority, apparently. Yeah, who's in a 
Who's interfering? We're taking over. Yay! <laughs> hey! So we talking like Andrew Dice Clay with Down syndrome. <laughs> I was just gonna say Kirk should go full Andrew Dice Clay yeah. right here and just completely throw him was off. Sitting on a tuffet. <laughs> oh Christ! So yeah, Kirk just has gone just absolutely insane. Sits down in Krakow's chair, puts his feet up, and goes, "Here's what's gonna happen. This is gonna happen." And, and instructs says, Spock to put his feet up as well. <laughs> yes, which is great. That's the best part. <laughs> it is. Well, one of the best parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Spock Spock does admirably uh, (laughs) trying to do the right thing. I would love to see how Picard handles this situation. (laughs) Wait, no, he does know how to use a Tommy gun and plays like a gangster. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is a private detective. I forgot about that. Shit. So, yeah, this is a holiday program for him. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So I like this. So Krakow now has just completely capitulated. I mean, even though that Kirk and Spock, there's just two of them, they're the prisoners. Because Kirk is now talking to them in their native language, he's convinced them, like, oh, we're taking over, and here's the plan now. Krakow goes, okay, great. Just send down your guys, and we'll take over everything. I mean, it was just that easy. That's all he needed to do. And yet, we still have 15 minutes left of this episode. I know. This is where I remembered, oh, wait, original series episodes were like 50 minutes long. There's a lot more to happen yet. Well, happen well, okay. a generous word. <laughs> There's a lot more episode to happen. There's a lot more dialogue yes. that occurs. All right, so Kirk calls up to the Enterprise with his communicators like, meh, Scotty, see? I want you to do the thing. Meh, meh. And then I like this part, though, because... Kirk is pretty smart. He's like, okay, so uh, Krakow's exactly 12 feet in front of me, you know, from this position with me and my communicator. So, uh, you know, I want you to show him the ship. To which Scotty's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you crazy bugger? And it takes Scotty like 10 minutes to finally go, oh, phaser him. No, no, teleport. teleport. <laughs> well, transporting is like using a phaser, except at the end you put them back together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you phase them out and you phase them back in. <laughs> Although Scotty had just phasered the entire city. No, that's any, later. I mean, that's later. I, right, but if he just done that now, like, oh, it okay. still would have solved all the problems. I mean, Scotty probably been the right thing to do. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty witty thing. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and get a, a crack over thing. And like, oh, Kirk's like, not exactly, motherfucker. <laughs> Ooh, you. And then his two guards just stare like, oh, where'd he go? <laughs> as, as, as Spock gets to get his fourth neck pinch in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were up on the two guys. Yeah, you're right. Kirk has to like shake the guy like a baby to make yeah. him unconscious. <laughs> Why don't you stop crying? Is <laughs> uh, dead? So... <laughs> they, they they just beat up the guys and run out of the room. So like, back up on the ship, there's like one security guy with Krakow. And Krakow's like, how the fuck did I get here? And my question was like, that's a good question because you're not even on the teleporter pad. <laughs> how did you get to that side of the room? How do you get to that side of the room that's directly at the bottom of the steps off the transporter pad? That's yes. a good question, Scott. I wonder how that <laughs> happened. I'm Hey Mickey now. <laughs> no, no, you're pretty firmly Scott right now. Oh, I am definitely firmly Scott right now. <laughs> I am usually firmly Scott when I'm doing this. All right. So, yeah. So, Scott is like, oh, yeah, if you don't cooperate, we'll kill you. I mean, in, in, their, in their vernacular, that's what he says to the guy. Concrete which, goulashes. Yeah. 
You mean concrete overshoes? Yeah. Cement overshoes. Uh, overshoes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought the concrete galoshes thing made perfect sense too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was that far off. No. Um, so Kirk runs out in front of traffic and gives the, well, double fuck you to you, too. Uh, <laughs> double yeah, dumbass Yeah, that's you. a good point. That seems like uh, such an alien thing to him that there's, like, traffic on the street when they do it in Star Trek Four. Right. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they want to forget this episode. <laughs> that's true. That's, that is, like, 25 years later. He's probably going senile. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's velvet hat poisoning. It seeps right into your brain. <laughs> like a, they're like, we're going to drive. And Spock's like, do we have to? He's like, what? It's faster scared? than walking. Yeah. He's like, your driving sucks and we're going to die. <laughs> to which Bessie pointed out, there's a there's a wooden scooter behind you. You guys could just do that. <laughs> and then they get in and Spock immediately takes both guns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he has got shitty uh, uh, trigger control, though, because his hand is. Wow. Squeeze and... yeah. Wow, that was a mess. Yeah. No, I mean, your audio was a mess. <laughs> oh, was it? Uh, yeah. I like how Scott just defaults to, yeah, that was shit. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens after years of this podcast. My think... self-worth has been destroyed. Think about how me and Fort Max feel having been here for eight mm. years. I think about how you feel all the time. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, what, it's, that it's not okay when he does it. It's adult. not okay when you do it either. <laughs> uh, all right, so immediately, immediately the, the two guards wake up, and the one of them with the lavender bow tie uh, has decided to not put his hat back on because he has elevated, he has just like, achieved godhood because his boss is gone now he has spawned into the new new mob well, no, boss. i like i like the moment he wakes up he's like oh not again <laughs> yeah, like, that's the first yeah. thing he says when he comes to like he's realized oh these assholes <clears throat> did it to me again yeah. this is the worst well, day ever it's like we should stop trying to capture them somehow <laughs> stupid he so sees he... a chance to get out of the quartet. He's like, ah, I can lead yeah. them now. <laughs> I was always made I was always made for more than being a baritone. Yeah. So I've spent my yeah. life as number four. Today I will be number one. <laughs> my darling. <laughs> All right. So so he immediately takes over the gang and goes, okay, well, we're going to go hit Oxmix, which I'm thinking, well, there goes the plan. They're trying to get everybody together to sort shit out, and then there's going to be a fucking gang war now. Yep. Uh, speaking of gang war, we open up right on McCoy's face. Are you calling McCoy's face a gang war? Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> or the aftermath. Well, I mean, yeah, his makeup's not quite as thick as it was in that <laughs> other episode, but... Yeah, he's not wearing enough eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> what episode even was that? Oh no, Spock's brain. That's like what he I was, was thinking. He was, he was like he was doing a drag show before and after taping. <laughs> yeah. Like the makeup place. Like, oh, do you have a blonde wig? I got somewhere to be right after this. You just slather it on. <laughs> Don't ask any questions. Do you have a blonde triple back there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's my triple Merkin? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so so uh, Kirk and Spock show back up at Oxmix's place, which is the two guys in long johns, which is apparently what you wear under thick wool suits. <laughs> And they're cold, so apparently it is. Yeah, they're like all hugging themselves, like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> McCoy, the doctor, who is, you know, both to do no harm, has got a machine gun trained on the trio of them. Uh, He's not pulling the trigger, is he? That's a good point. <laughs> so, okay, you can, th- you can threat people with violence, okay. It might have been uh, more effective to just, like, keep stunning them. Yeah. <laughs> Until they start talking funny. Nah, 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 nah. They're Look, not backwards. <laughs> I forgot math. I was going to say, you forgot. know, Jordy got stunned seven or eight times that one episode, and look how well he turned out. <laughs> he never saw it coming. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, so they, they get Ox Mix, and Kirk's just, again, just over the hill. He is, he is toys in the attic. He is gone. <laughs> he is... Candles in the window. So like, meh, see, meh, sweetheart, we're going to take it over. Meh, meh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut you in for the piece of pie. Meh. So again, but he's speaking the language he understands. So Oxmix goes, sure, and just like immediately is amenable to everything. It's like, why didn't you say so in the first place? Which I'm thinking, yeah, when you plan you have a video, you might want to do some cultural like research first before you just, you know, beam down and start looking around. I don't know. Just an idea. I like the plan here, though. Nah. So Kirk wants Oxmix to call all the other bosses. Yep. And he's not really concerned about getting the bosses to agree to, like, travel to Oxmix for mm-hmm. a meeting. Because instead, he's going to have Scotty trace the phone calls and just start beaming people out of their offices. <laughs> Which is fucking rad when you think about it, especially if they're sitting down. <laughs> well, and I like their I... I like their one example guy they pick out first. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a Alice in Wonderland character. <laughs> so they, they, well, they call up to the ship first to make sure crack to Krakow is hearing all this. Scott is like, oh, yeah, he's mad enough to chew neutronium, but he's behaving himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so they be, they start beaming mob bosses into Oxmix's office, which is pretty fucking funny when you think <laughs> about it. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, these the are first like, example guy has no balls. Well, I'm thinking these are like Dick Tracy rejects. Every one of them. <laughs> Look at them. Oh, no, it's it's normal guy. It's bowler dude. It's mustache man. <laughs> like, these are like the, they're so uninteresting they couldn't even make Dick Tracy. One of these guys was like the boss of like two slats of concrete outside of a pawn shop somewhere. He's <laughs> like the homeless mob boss. Yeah. Man, well, the east side's taken, the west side's taken, but I got these two squares right here. <laughs> right. He's the boss of wherever his car's parked. <laughs> I need that bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you get everybody all together, and they're going to like, fine, we're going to hammer this out. We're going to, under at gunpoint, we're going to have peace. <laughs> it is the Federation way. Yeah, so Kirk goes, I come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to kill. He stands up on the thing with an M1911, starts pointing it at people, and goes, okay, we're going to sort this shit out. To which Krakow goes, you know what? I was just up on that ship, and I wasn't impressed. I saw one room and three guys. Yeah, I saw three dudes up there, and one of them was Scottish, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, two and a half. So that's better than Irish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the Irish is asleep in the hallway. You don't see him. 
<laughs> if O'Brien had been on on this show, like the Mapsters was still taking over. <laughs> so so they're all trying to figure out what's going on, and and then Cracker's like, "Hark! I hear an angel sing." And there's a gun battle going on outside as Krakow's men are attacking Oxfix's men out on the street. To which everyone runs to the window. That's safe to do in a gunfight. Yeah, as, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you do, McCoy just comes around the corner. Well, there goes Scott's audio again. And I mean, now McCoy's a prisoner. Yeah, and then now they're all captured again. To which, at this point, even Kirk's just like, whatever. Yeah, I'm captured. Yeah, sure, I'm a prisoner. What the fuck ever. <laughs> we know those guns don't actually do anything. <laughs> Well, this is like All the right. fifth time you've taken me prisoner this afternoon. I'm not yeah, too like worried about court. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, how will I escape? <laughs> Does anyone have a radio? So, one of the dumbest things in this entire episode, which is the only thing that makes me mad at the Ioceans at this point, it's not their fault. They're, they are who they are. I accept them for who they are. I love them. <laughs> Except for this part, where Cus like, yeah, alright, but at least give me a call to my ship one last time to say goodbye. <laughs> and uh, Krakow's like, okay. <laughs> so he just pulls the computer and goes, Scotty, fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> and another interesting concept, the ship's phasers can be set to stun. Yeah. Does that bother anybody but me? That's not the, f- <sighs> this is not the only time in the original series that they do that. This might be the first... It just seems kind of weird that you have a ship-to-ship weapon that can be set to stun. <laughs> Although, I well, mean, if you if you <clears throat> can get past the conceptual part of that, and then look at <laughs> no, if you get past if you just get past the like weird concept of uh, the ship's weapon having an anti-personnel setting, and then look at it more from a functional perspective of yeah, the ship can actually subdue like a whole army at once on a surface. Well, and plus, sometimes you might, and plus, depending on what you're, <clears throat> or just depending on even if you're shooting at another ship, you may want to specifically limit how much damage you're doing. No, but I mean, oh, if you sure. think about it from a concept of you're in orbit, there's an army on the planet, you mm-hmm. want to take mm-hmm. them down, but you don't want to hurt the like landscape or infrastructure around them. Right. Yeah, you can stun the whole bunch or, of them. Or hurt them. Just knock him out. Yeah. Oh, I just, I, I can't have this, this mental image of like a 16th century pirate ship pulling alongside and broadsiding someone and, and the captain's like, set the cannons to stun. You know, it just, for some reason it bothers me. All right. But anyway, so, but Scotty, Scotty. So he does it because he's awesome. Fire a burst in a one block radius around these coordinates. Oh, goody. And then <laughs> Zagata. And then Lime Jello comes down and knocks everybody out. Yeah. Which apparently is a big improvement over the original effect from the original series. <laughs> Which I is mean, amazing when you really think about that, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the original effect was basically just a green glow <clears throat> over the whole thing. And then brighter green glows around where the groups of uh, mobsters were. Yes. Yeah, that would have been fine. All right, so now, finally, the mobster's like, oh, shit, we are dealing with, like, super advanced spacemen that can destroy us all. Maybe we should start, you know, uh, <laughs> listening to these guys. So now, at this point, they're like, oh, a syndicate. Okay, so not a bunch of crime families and crime bosses. Now they want a crime syndicate, because that's so much better. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you want feudalism or just one corrupt government? Oh, okay, great. 
Okay, but here's where they kind of cycle back around to where we were at in the beginning of this. Because, like, I don't remember if it was Cracker or Oxmix, basically says, you know, there's so much infighting we can't get anything done. Yeah, which is an interesting statement, you're right. Because, like, that kind of gives you the impression that, yeah, they want to make an orderly society. Like, they want their society to just kind of move along and function on its own. The gangster thing is just kind of a side effect of how they got to this point. Yeah. Um, and they even say that, like, there's just – there's too many bosses, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't think they're inherently a corrupt system. They're just kind of stuck yeah. in that because they've been made to model after this gangster environment. And this is kind of letting them choose another path by yeah. force. So- now, let's just take a moment and appreciate what this would be like if they got to continue this. They kept the aesthetic of 1920s gangsters, but continued their technological advancement. How fucking rad would that be? <laughs> They're in flying cars and spaceships that are modeled after 20s gangsters. They still talk like it, and they have, like, laser guns or shit like Tommy guns and stuff. <laughs> Holy shit, that would be rad as fuck. <laughs> Can you imagine what like like Star Trek level space suits would look like, but they would look like pinstripe suits aesthetically oh, with, with fuzzy fedoras? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Star Trek Online, get on that. <laughs> oh, they already have them. They have pinstripe suits and. You know. I'm sorry, what? I'll send you pictures. They they had pinstripe suits and STO. But are they space suits? Uh, you can wear a spacesuit and just have the other suit like show up. So technically, yeah. that seems like cheating. <laughs> it's much just a visual thing. It doesn't matter. But no, yeah, I, I want. Gotta... What year is Star Trek Online portraying at this point? Uh, twenty four ten. Yeah, so I want twenty fifth century Ioceans to be a thing in Star Trek Online. Well, we're gonna get to that after the episode. I have. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, those are snazzy. I love the glasses. Wow. Isn't that cool? All right. So, all right. So, Optimix is like, oh, if there's just one of us, you know, we could actually have a peaceful society. And Kirk, for a split second, for a split second, he's thinking, I could rule these bastards. (laughs) I could be king. I could take their women and their fuzzy heads. (laughs) Yes. Ethan Bo- so basically he just now Kirk got like a god king goes you Oxmix you'll be the main leader and then Krakow you'll be number two and then you'll be three there I just solved your entire civilization bye no no actually he <laughs> says uh, you know Oxmix you're in charge Krakow you're the lieutenant everybody else shut the fuck up right <laughs> also because we're the feds we're going to come back every year and take 40% <laughs> to which they're like Okay, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, 40%. Sure. You get 40% cut. Everybody okay with this? Yeah, everyone's good. Okay, fine. We don't want to die by the evil spaceman <laughs> lasers from heaven. Well, also also reads a little bit like, well, shit, I thought he was going to take 60%. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been if it had been 41, I would have raised holy hell, but 40? Yeah, sure. I mean, 40 again, take it. 40% of what? The action. <laughs> the action. The action. <laughs> This 40% is off the top. Insane. Yeah, 40% right God off the top. <laughs> so Kirk goes on the bridge, and McCoy's just, like, standing uncomfortably close to Spock for no reason. I'm sure Spock is like, McCoy, I can hear you breathing. I'm trying to work. But before that, though, Spock does raise an interesting point. Um, so, Captain, 
how are we to uh, break it to Starfleet that they have to send a ship here every year to collect oh, yeah. our cut? Right, right. Our quote-unquote cut. And Kirk's plan response? seems a little questionable. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just, you know... His concept here is, okay, instead of sending a ship back every year, because apparently that's a problem, we'll put the 40% into the planetary treasury, of which we had no idea that existed before this very moment, <laughs> and it'll be used to educate them into a better society as I'm talking. somehow. Um, hmm. And Spock just kind of raises the eyebrow. Like, you lying sack of shit. You yeah. want that money? <laughs> or you no. want that action? That's right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so apparently there's going to be an action bank. You can bank your actions. Yeah, an action bank, which they're going to use to pay somehow someone to teach them to be a better society, although there's no indication of who, how, or why. Yeah. Um, but... But we'll we'll get to that. That that isn't the last twist in this episode. So Kirk comes up and goes, "So what are you fuckers doing? You're never brooding, acting like bitches. I just saved an entire planet, and I could have been <laughs> God down there. Why are you two being so quiet? You should be praising me right now. I got kidnapped five times in one day and still <laughs> solved the problem. <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at this." So like a McCoy and Spock look at each other like, oh fuck's sake, Kirk, just shut up. Right. And McCoy's like, Spock, are you gonna say it or do I need to? No, Spock jumps in and goes, uh, no, we're fine. You're insane. <laughs> Your solution makes no sense. <laughs> like, no, literally, it's not the fact that I'm saying it's not logical. I'm not saying it's like not the most logical thing. I'm saying it literally makes no sense. You might as well have said we will tie cats to purple. <laughs> what are you talking about all right so then mccoy goes uh <clears throat> i can't pass the phone i'm Kurt's sorry like, bones what yeah what he's like i may have left the phone <laughs> no, bones i'm sorry I, I didn't quite catch that last part <laughs> i think i left my communicator down in bernice's office <clears throat> you left your what where <laughs> Instead of going, yeah, you were court-martialed and removed from Starfleet for breaking the Prime Directive. <laughs> Kirk's just like, eh, oh well, cowboy diplomacy. <laughs> oh well. Then they want a piece of our action, freeze frame. Yeah, literally freeze frame. <laughs> yeah, cue, cue uh, tears for fears. Let's 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 do this properly. Oh my god. So that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, McCoy, so McCoy loses his communicator on the planet, has the fundamental basis for all their advanced technology. The transtator. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> sure. Well, at least it wasn't the transistor. <laughs> it's the integrated circuit. Oh, no! <laughs> no, that was in the radio Kirk used as a tripping device. <laughs> no, those were vacuum tubes. <laughs> uh so I went on Memory Alpha and was reading about this, and apparently the DS9 episode, Trouble with Tribbles, or their version of it, oh, they yeah. were actually the, – the concept initially was to go to Iosha. Yeah. And Iosha, the Oceans, had then taken that technology, taken the records of, of TOS, and they were the ones who built a space station that looks – and everything would look just like TOS. So when the <laughs> DS9 crew went there, that's how they got to integrate with the old TOS style, which I think would have been fucking hilarious. That would have been awesome. Yeah. 
the time travel thing was was cool too. I gotta admit, but to go back and revisit the I Oceans and see that they evolved from the gangsters to to basically mimicking TOS. No. Oh, they, and the entire thing would be on based on one guy's memory of the transporter room. <laughs> right, right. But their but their uniforms and all that kind of stuff. I just thought it'd been cute. They would like because it would be like going back in time because they'd act all Starfleet even though they weren't. And I uh, think the only been, reason uh, they ended up not doing that was because Forrest Gump happened and suddenly there was the ability to mix the old and new footage together in a decent way. Oh yeah. Like I think that's mm. why they eventually went with trouble with or trials and tribulations, whatever. Um Yeah. Instead of doing the Iocean revisit. Right, right. Because then instead of just being like they're in the air, they could actually sort of interact with the characters themselves, which they thought would work better. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And it, and it did, too. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good episode. It was really cool. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's a shame that they never went back to revisit the Iocean. I, I just see that as a huge missed opportunity. I was also thinking, watching this episode, like... What if this had happened, but it was the Discovery instead of the Enterprise? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they Ooh. they should they wouldn't have sit Stamets down because he probably would have been killed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. What are you a poofa? You know, I mean, little light in the loafers, aren't you? <laughs> and Lorca would just started killing everybody. Oh right. yeah! Instead of uh, not going back up to the to the uh, ship, he would have gone up to the ship in that first chance, and then just bombed the hell out of the surface. Or he would have, he would have like, spore-drived over the planet, uh, and then drawn the Klingons in and said, you know what, this is boring, and then just spore-drived away and let the Klingons destroy the planet. <laughs> yeah, these guys said Klingons are ugly. You might want to, you know, do something about that. Yeah, they like tribbles. <laughs> yeah. They wear tribbles on their head. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Klingons, it's As on the homeworld. But are they, but I see, think the Klingons would uh, be okay with that if they were like hunting trophies wearing on their head, being worn on their heads. No. Yeah, that's no, why you tell them it's the triple homeworld. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know in Cannes the Klingons went on a crusade and destroyed the triple homeworld. Yes, the great triple hunt. <laughs> <laughs> they still sing songs about around the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god triple merc and yeah. prices so just go. skyrocketed after that <laughs> well until deep space okay, nine was they like, reintroduced by tribbles into the ecosystem made merkin by merkin oh so, boy um so, yes, that was a piece of the action. Was We went down to Planet Gangster. After all these years of this fucking podcast, we finally went to Planet Gangster. <laughs> well, it could have been worse. We could have gone to Planet Nazi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that one's just not even like... Yeah, me, and, know, Mickey, let... me and Mickey got bored screening that one. <clears throat> right, right. Uh, apparently... I don't, I don't mind it, but this was this was better to do for the show, for sure. More absurdism, yeah. Yeah. God, <laughs> but, I mean, plus, I mean, of course, us talking especially about it, since in real life, we actually do have a Nazi problem, but we don't have a 20 Chicago's gangster problem. Not yet. <laughs> Give it some time. <laughs> yeah, our technology is going to devolve back down to, to to radios and Tommy guns and Model A's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, it doesn't. Us talking about it doesn't do it justice. But if you're gonna, I really recommend watching the episode just to watch Kirk's slow de-evolution <laughs> into madness <laughs> upriver <laughs> as he goes native because it is a thing of beauty. His, Again, we already did the episode where he goes native. His yeah. Shatner <laughs> just is warp ten. You see, I mean, just, even Spock does it a little bit. I, hey, I can imagine that, Mister. You know. <laughs> God. Yeah, we, we get Shatner up to up to eleven in this episode, and it's it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's an enjoyable episode to watch. It's dumb, but it's enjoyable. Exactly, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept, and actually, it's so funny how they keep in these little snippets in there. You start going, oh, well, these are intelligent aliens. They are doing this. It, it does make some sort of weird sense. Yeah, there is a really interesting contrast to this between. These aliens are portrayed as smart just below the surface, but they're smart doing really dumb-looking things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think they really struck quite the right balance of that to actually make it present the way they probably intended it to. Right, right. Which is a shame. Yeah. Well, I mean, TOS, I mean, we always make fun of Voyager for being the land of the lost concepts. <laughs> um <laughs> But but TOS, I mean, you know, they they were limited by you know sixties culture, by their budget, by yeah. all kinds of things. But you, but the fact that you can still see the seed of what they were going for, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why Star Trek is still awesome. You know, yeah, it was it was worthwhile. It's a worthwhile con- concept. I would revisit it. I would fucking love to see it. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing Picard deal with this would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> Because I like to think, I like to think he would have gone native much sooner. Oh yeah, he would have been, uh, he would have <clears> gone full dick. Yeah, he would have been like, oh wait, I have something for this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 no, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. He runs out of the transport room, he's like jogging through the fucking halls to the holodeck one. He's like, uh, 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 I have a suit. One, yes. <laughs> he runs all the way back. He's all sweaty and shit. Okay, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> Sir. Uh, beam, beam, beam. Activate. Go, go, go. <laughs> wait, wait. Riker, you need one, too. Go. Hurry, hurry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just puts me in mind of the uh, first uh, Sherlock Holmes episode where Worf is in a suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, also the one where uh, Worf is, uh, oh, was it Worf? Yeah, that was the ES9 episode where they did the thing where they were in the casino earlier in the 60s. Yeah. The spy one. The spy one. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. We did that episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I know I didn't. I didn't. I knew that wasn't a fever dream. I know I actually watched that. I'm not going to say it wasn't a fever dream, <laughs> but it wasn't your fever dream. <laughs> right. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm not saying this isn't madness. It's just not your madness. It was someone else's madness else. that you observed. Right. And I listened to that madness. <sighs> That's just creepy when you say it like that. <laughs> so I listened to it through the walls. <laughs> oh dear! I listened to podcasts through the vents in the floor. <laughs> the podcast is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next week we're going to do TNG again. We're going to do. I'm not sure why we're doing this one. Uh, it was Mickey's uh, idea. Pen pal. Oh, okay. I suspect it's uh, because the um the A and a half plot is Wesley's first command. Uh okay. 
Um, and then after that, and we don't have uh, this determined yet, is possibly a DS9 episode? Yeah, we want to do one more Deep Space Nine episode before the end, and then, of course, the final episode, <laughs> episode 100, will be that one episode of yep. Voyager. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one episode of Voyager. <laughs> Everybody knows what we're talking about. They do it. They, if they have been listening to the show, they know exactly what that means because it's the whole. Or experience. have even listened to some random episodes of the previous show. Because that's the whole premise. Well, they... The naming of the show came after. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, I can go ahead and say that no one listens to this podcast, so no one's gonna have a fucking clue. Hey, okay, well then I don't think there's a problem, Whoa. is there? <laughs> You're on the show. You're not even a listener anymore. So that's just it. We can't have listeners because the few that we have we make them part of the show now. Like, yeah, I you mean, can't do a rock concert when everybody's on stage playing guitar. Yeah, I think I got promoted to the co-host. <laughs> God damn it! That's a better title than I've got. <laughs> yeah, he's got the title of co-host. You just have the title of Hey Mickey. Yeah, <laughs> far worse. <laughs> Far yeah, the only way we could the only way we could sabotage our audience more at this point would be to have engineer nerd on and no, we're not doing that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have to so we have to determine what our DS9 episode is. Do we have any ideas for that? No. We don't want to talk about it later. Uh we'll figure <clears throat> something out next week when we have no time left to decide. Okay. And you know, Mickey can argue. Or just sit here disinterestedly like Fort Max. <laughs> yeah, he can, yeah, I mean, he'll sit there and sulk until we determine something, then he'll say no, and then he'll give us an answer. <laughs> well, there some, is an... somewhere in there will oh, also be yeah. a, I hate you all so much. Because there's always that with <laughs> Yeah. There is a season two episode of Deep Space Nine. It's basically everyone hates O'Brien. Oh, uh, Whispers. Yes. Isn't it great how I knew that just from that <laughs> really <laughs> vague one-sentence description? <laughs> I mean, yep. I like to think that I know a lot about Star Trek, but when, when fucking XV does that shit, you mention, like, some concept, and he goes, oh, yeah, that's this episode. He knows the number and the name of the episode. I, that just blows me out of the water. I got nothing. I got 214? 214? And I've, I've meant to pitch that episode a couple times. And that's, I knew that exact tagline was all I would need to say for Chris <laughs> to know what I meant. <laughs> Let's see... I don't know. I mean, it's like, am I proud of him for that? Oh, or... shit. It is 214. No fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way. Look! Oh, my. I got that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. You are ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, I have to wonder, it's like, what what other important information about living life on this planet in this time period is not there because that is there? Uh, let's see. Don't start a Toku podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think most people know that. Uh, I remember... Move somewhere with half-decent internet. I remember a quote from Adam Savage where oh uh, he said, like, I have all the lyrics to all the songs from the 70s in my head. There's not room for anything else yeah. or something yeah. to that effect. And then, then he complains, like, I'm just trying to be staying alive. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make it until the levee breaks. <laughs> 
So uh, Whispers is a good episode, and I feel proud of myself for uh, even figuring out what number that was. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I don't know if it would specifically be a good podcast episode, but yeah. Well, I, I am both incredibly proud of you, and I kind of want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are not mutually exclusive feelings. <laughs> Oh my god. I often want to cry too. It's my uh, default state. Oh we boy. are we are healthy, well adjusted individuals. Yeah. All of us but Scott. Yeah, yeah we're all we're all well balanced. We all have so much going for us. <laughs> I said this I said the uh, treble Merkins ten times a night. I am very well adjusted. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, how many times do we? Yeah, say, I think that, that's probably. How many times do we cover Triple Vor? Also, I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and we tweeted about it two times within thirty seconds of each other. Fortnix. <laughs> oh, I meant to tweet it. I forgot. Shit. Uh, you can retweet it from the superhero time account. I'm coming. Here you go. <laughs> Right into a triple? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, my triple merc, and I gotta watch it. Frankly, <laughs> protein doesn't stain their fur, so it's it's really good. It's healthy for the uh, complexion. Yeah, it helps their coat. It's <laughs> 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 shiny and smooth. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice thick coat. Oh. Yeah, something something split ends. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, like... one episode we were uh, Mickey's brought up a few times is uh, Civil Defense from season three, the Civil. episode where the station goes on lockdown. Oh, that's not a bad one. I, I haven't seen it in a. It's been a while, but it's not I a bad one. one. And there's a fair bit going on in different places, so like there's a lot right. to jump around and talk about. It could actually that's probably a fairly good choice. Um. We'll go into this in more detail when Mickey's back next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the DS9, but I know a lot less about it than I do about a lot of the others. So, and, and you and, and Mickey seem to be the DS9 experts. Well, it's our favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it should be. Right? Understandably, understandably. <laughs> should be everybody's favorite. Yep. Meanwhile, Scott's favorite is Enterprise. <laughs> I like Enterprise. I like Enterprise. I used to like Enterprise. Um, trying to watch Enterprise again has informed me that I was mistaken. Because hey, I have season I like Enterprise. four on. Go ahead. Okay, three of us are trying to talk at once. <laughs> I have season four on DVD, and I've watched it a few times. I like it. <laughs> Enterprise is another one of those things where, like, conceptually, on paper, it's a good idea. The execution of that's not really living up to it, though. Yes. And I could blame that just as much on, like, the network demands as anything else. Yeah. You know, I think getting that in first-run syndication, you probably would have had a better overall product. Because, again, it's the difference between Deep Space Nine and Voyager, which, for a fair bit of their lifespans, ran concurrently, and were both com they were completely different in terms of feel and overall quality yeah yeah let's also i didn't they pretty much only have one guy in the entire uh i on the entire crew who was allowed to work on both 
Bourbon? Well, I know I know Brian Fuller did a couple spec scripts for DS9 before he got moved to Voyager. And he's also the one who basically said, yeah, the DS9 guys like Star Trek. They wanted to write Star Trek. The Voyager <laughs> guys just wanted to watch or write a TV show and give it didn't give a shit what it was. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of, very evident. Yeah, it explains some things, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Deep Space Nine benefited a lot because it had uh, Iris Stephen Bear doing show running yeah. for most of its lifespan. Yeah. And I like his style of TV shows. They're not always, like, you know, widely popular, but, like, it's something that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember the 4400 from the early 2000s, that was one of his projects. I liked that show a lot. It just did not find the success it needed to keep going. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, that was a benefit to Deep Space Nine, and it kind of ended up working out because it became popular. Uh, but yeah, if the whole Voyager crew didn't really care about doing Star Trek in particular. Well, that kind of answers some questions, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how all the characters were so fucking inconsistent. <laughs> they, none of them had arcs. I mean, the only one that had an arc was, uh, I mean, the Doctor had an arc, and Neelix had an arc. The rest of them, who fucking knew? No one cared. Neelix didn't Even really Jane have Ray. an arc. Neelix was more like an EKG line. like you know it was flat for most of the thing but every once in a while there would be this like jump and peak yeah and you know that was his character development (laughs) and the biggest spike of all was uh mortal coil of course right right because there's no greater form of character development than somebody being so depressed that they want to beam themselves into open space Because they're having, because you know they died once and were brought back to life as an you know almost a zombie with Borg technology, and they're starting to have hallucinations of you died out there. You're not a real person anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how Voyager kind of went to the uh, the the you know space horror, you know the darkness beyond kind of shit, the cosmic horror. That's what I was looking for. I mean, they, you not know, so- they had the opportunity to them since they were out in, you know, distant space. They they could have and capitalized they- on that more. They just didn't. And they, again, they should have because that would have been interesting. But it was an opportunity that somehow was lost in Voyager. Imagine what Voyager would have been if it had a crew that cared about doing Star Trek. Yeah. And also a cast that didn't largely dislike each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, there's plenty, and you guys even said this before, there's plenty of concepts there that could work, but man, were they never delivered on. Like, yeah. Ever. I mean, ever. Even, whole, even whole characters, like Chakotay. Never yeah. never realized. Never cared. <laughs> I mean, know. I mean, we have Open the Door, Get on the Floor, Chakotay and your friend's a dinosaur. That's an episode that actually <laughs> happened, and yet it's not interesting enough for us to do a podcast about. <laughs> no. <laughs> And every time you say you're not going to do that, when I go, good, you shouldn't. <laughs> that would be terrible for you guys. Yeah, there's no value to it except for just repeating that title over and over again. <laughs> it's just beyond brilliant. Well, no, beyond brilliant was that time I uh, conflated it into open the door again to floor Chakotay and Preg the dinosaur on Twitter. Oh god, that was <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that was the beyond brilliant moment. 
Yeah, I think that was that's probably when we jumped the shark. That's when you decided in the podcast, isn't it? That's when you decided that we needed to stop this because you said I can never beat this. Where it's all downhill from here, you fucker. <laughs> no, Scott, I decided it was all downhill from here in January of 2010. <laughs> well, Chris will never pass up a chance to do titles multiple times, like you know, non-dinosaur prehistoric flying reptile bot. Yeah. Ooh. Oh snap. <laughs> Oh, that was so much fun. I mean, well, that was one of those things where, like, okay, I'm writing the script. I put that in the first time, and then it's, like, two paragraphs down. I end up putting it in again. Then it's, like, I realize, oh, oh, hey, I could. Oh. <laughs> I, pro- I will admit, I probably laughed a little too hard the one time you actually made it scroll across the screen backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, now now he's going absurd. This is great. <laughs> yeah, once I decided to break out the overlay tool for that, it was just like, okay, all bets are off. <sighs> yeah. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. <laughs> Jeez. Absolute nightmare. I still wish that Quark would have met Neelix one day. Yeah. No, then Neelix would just have been shown up too much. Been fun to watch. Oh uh, well. Okay. Quark so should have met Guinan. Say that again. Quark should have met Guinan. Oh yes. Yes, I agree well, with how that. Would, how would that have gone? Would he really have liked Guinan and been attracted to her, or would he have like been disgusted? Disgusted by her, and then well, because the only the only way it could be funny is like if he liked her, but she saw through his bullshit, and you know she was all superior to him. That's the only way it could have been funny. He he might like the mysteriousness of it all. Like he, I yeah. could see him being attracted to that. That's true. That he can't I think like. It would mostly just be a situation of like it would be bartender fight basically. Like Guinan's just kind of <laughs> doing her thing, and is popular because she's new and different. And Quark's yep. just like trying to do everything to one up her, and she's just kind of glancing over every once in a while and rolling her eyes. Yeah. Okay, now I'm really fucking pissed. We did this episode. <laughs> just kind of the mellow thing versus the underachiever. Right. Right. Yeah. It would work as a B plot. Oh. I don't know how you would justify getting Guinan onto the station for an episode and also opening another bar on the promenade, but, you know, it's uh, that's details for the writers to work out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think that's going to do it for us this week, because Fort Max needs to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jason, thanks for this filling a... in on effectively zero notice. <laughs> uh, I had two hours. Uh, effectively zero notice yeah effectively zero that's right (laughs) it was at least enough time to watch the episode and that's what matters yeah that's that's the only thing that matters (laughs) yep watch it read memory alpha yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't even read memory alpha anymore it's just all in my head yeah i was about to say you don't need to you just like start twitching your head like data and then you reread it in your skull so there doesn't have to be an offline copy of it it's just all in your head basically is what you're saying yes (laughs) <laughs> shit we lost memory alpha no yeah. we didn't <laughs> quick shove this USB cord up his ass <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> wait is that a triple merkin yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect get that triple off his crotch we gotta plug him in 